Welcome to If Communities Could Talk podcast. I'm Jackie. I'm Mary Beth, and we are here today to give you guys a first-hand experience by providing interviews from people within our communities. Our podcast is going to cover the full spectrum of topics, which include success stories, crimes, hard work, unsolved mysteries, entrepreneurship, and the struggles around us. And remember, if communities could talk, this is what they would say. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is If Communities Could Talk podcast, episode nine. We are very excited today because we have a special guest, um, Kai from Out There Yoga. So we're really excited to interview her um, about everything yoga. Um, So this conversation is going to go who knows what way, but um, yeah. So if you could give us a rundown of exactly what you do with yoga or however we want to put it. What I do with yoga. Yeah. Um, you mean in terms of out there yoga? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a yoga teacher um, in the Tucson area. So I've been a yoga teacher here for um, like five, six years. Uh, and I was teaching in a studio, a couple different studios for a few years. And I started to get the itch to just uh, do yoga in a way that Um, I was doing it personally. I do a lot of backpacking, a lot of camping and stuff like that. So I started to have this vision of, you know, offering yoga in a way that I was actually practicing it. And um, it started really, really experimental. And it pretty much was just somewhere in nature that's really aesthetic that gives those nice views. And then the yoga I was teaching in the studio just kind of paired with that. So that's the gist, I guess. Do you remember when the first event you put on, like the date? It was in October. Um, what year was that? It would have been 2019, I okay. think. I think. Well, was it because we had our anniversary event last year. Yeah. So okay. that, that was uh, 2019. Yep. <laughs> so you've been in business then with Out There Yoga for. Uh, almost two years now. Yeah, I guess it is almost two years. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Congratulations. Yeah. That's really yeah. exciting. That's very exciting. Thank you. Uh, what was the first time or the first like exposure that you had to yoga like overall, like as a, as a, like a person that practices it? I think that's, it's kind of like a two part situation. So I, I didn't really know what yoga was until I was an adult, but mm-hmm. I grew up um, a gymnast. I didn't compete or anything. It wasn't as cool as it sounds, but, um, I was in, um, gymnastics. That was like my sport growing up. And so I always had this connection to moving my body and, um, trying to see what my body was capable of in that way. And, um, as I got older, I kind of phased out of the idea of wanting to compete. So I just kind of bounced out of that, but I still wanted to, you know, explore what my body could do. I, via practicing, could tell that when I wasn't practicing, I would kind of lose the abilities a little bit. So I just Mm -hmm. kept up with that. I would do back bends and stretches and stuff um, up until I was probably like, you know, 15, 16. And I would literally lay out a blanket in my room and turn on some probably really dramatically calm music, <laughs> you know, for a teenager, it was like a little funny to be playing that kind of music, but I just, it felt good to me to do that. And I would do my stretches and back bends and all of that. So at that time I didn't realize that what I was doing was kind of yoga. Um, I just thought it was, you know, me time and 
I would lock my siblings out of my room for a little <laughs> while and do that. Um, but then it didn't come back into my life until much later. I was in college and um, I was weightlifting a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, I noticed I was getting so much more tight because of the muscle growth mm-hmm. and all of that. And it was bothering me that my mobility was being inhibited by the weightlifting. And so there was a yoga studio right across the street from my gym. And I just started with my ex-partner. We would go there and, you know, do yoga and then go lift or lift and then do yoga. So oh, okay. it was kind of balancing that in that way. And um, if you practice yoga at all, uh, it you know, it doesn't really take long in practicing, no matter what your reason for practicing is, that you start to notice some changes that were a little un- unexpected. And uh, I really appreciated what it was doing in my mind and my body. And I got really curious about it. So I just kind of stuck with it. I love that. I love that so much. I also really like that you're saying that when you started strength training, because that's something that we both do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mary Beth also does yoga, but I I don't do yoga. I do a lot of stretching, like regularly, pretty much every day, um, multiple times a day. I'm stretching all the time. Um, I would like to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of funny. Like I literally, before I go to sleep, I like have to stretch because if not, I'm like stiff everywhere because I yeah. work out a lot. But but um, having some type of regimen like that, I think is a really good, really good thing. And we actually had um, a jujitsu school owner on the show, um, Jaime, my brother, actually. And he was just talking about how he has discovered yoga and it's helped him in his jujitsu. So it's like, it seems to help other, like, uh, like other ways of being, of being active, like strength training, something like jujitsu. I mean, it's probably a good thing for everybody to incorporate if they do some type of physical activity. Would you agree with that? Totally. Um, and I don't, I'm admittedly, I don't know too much about jujitsu, but that what I do know and what I've heard from other people who practice it is that not only are the physical, um, attributes the same in certain ways, but Mm -hmm. also the mental aspect of Mm -hmm. jujitsu is very, very similar to the mental, uh, I guess, goals and states that you achieve in yoga. So I've been really intrigued by jujitsu and I've wanted to actually dive in a little bit. I just haven't Mm -hmm. found the time to do that. Let's drag her. (laughs) Mary Beth and I have, have, uh, dipped a toe in. Yeah. Just barely. (laughs) Um, Uh, which we will talk about in a future show, by the way, if you guys are interested. Um, But yes, I I love that. That's really cool. Um, What was the, um, so I know that there are different poses. When you had a pose that was like really difficult for you, that that it took you some time to get that pose and perfect it. I'm sure you're striving to perfection all the time, right? That's kind of like the practice. But what was like the first hard or difficult pose that took you some time and then, and then to accomplish? Well, growing up in gymnastics, I was very accustomed to big movements in my body. I was never afraid to be upside down, um, which is huge. That's like a kind of a big barrier. A lot of people have to get past is just putting their body upside down. We're not used to that. Um, I was used to the big back bends and back handsprings and stuff like that. So there were a lot of things when I was entering into the yoga practice that already came so easily to me because of my background in gymnastics. And so I felt like I kind of had that, you know, what else is here? And that's why the big, the big poses are what kept me really interested. I was like, yes, this this feels like home to me. Like this is what I want to be doing. And it wasn't until, um, as you practice, you kind of learn 
how bad your, you know, quote unquote bad your form is. Yeah. Uh, And so it was honestly some of the kind of seemingly easier poses that I didn't realize I was doing so incorrectly. And um, I had to really unlock a lot in my hips. I didn't know how tight my hips were and how tight my hamstrings were from strength training. And um, yeah, it, it was, it was a lot of learning that it was the minuscule pieces, the little puzzle pieces that you put together to unlock different poses. So a lot of hip openers like pigeon pose and a lot of uh, hamstring openers that were actually really tricky. Yeah. So just to add on that, um, my mentor, um, I got my yoga cert as well, but she always said, you know, the pose is not the goal. Mm -hmm. And like when you first start yoga, you're like, oh yeah, like I'm going to, I'm going to do these poses. But then after a while, you're just like, I think my ego is just getting Getting in front of me. Great. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The more you, the more you learn, the more you, the more you realize learn. you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, adding to that. So, um, obviously yoga has its own philosophy, but people, you know, they can make their own philosophy about it. So can you tell us a little bit about the philosophy you believe in, in yoga? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's a huge lineage. I mean, when you're talking about yoga, in traditional sense, a lot of it isn't even the poses. You know, Mm -hmm. these poses just came around, you know, I I couldn't even give a date to it, but it's so, uh, it's not very long ago in comparison to how long this practice has been around. And then the practice is, uh, like you said, more of a philosophy than it is anything else. It's a way of living. It's a way of being. And um, for me, yoga is about just being as mindful as possible and keeping that connection to um, I guess you could call it the higher part of myself, the mm-hmm. more grounded part of myself to me, the most inward part of myself that I can connect to that is kind of behind the, the brain doing all its work all day and the mind that kind of runs amok. It's, it's that piece behind that, that really witnesses everything else. And my practice, whether it's meditation or the physical practice is just all trying to get me back to, uh, living from that place. And, uh, not letting all the other pieces control the show. Yeah. Is there ever a time that you just don't want to practice yoga? Yeah, like every day. Every day you're just like, no, I'm over it. You and never, then, and then you like, never want to. And then like you're like, all right, I got to do it. Yeah, that's that's what's so funny is my my teachers, they they warn you, you know, like yeah. you, you, you're not going to want to practice and, and you're going to forget mm-hmm. how – potent the practice is almost instantly. It's crazy. You, you practice and you, you did maybe your hour of asana or maybe their 20 minute meditation. And you're like, Oh my gosh, why don't I do this every day? 10 times a day. You know, I see why in an hour your brain is doing its thing. You're in your, your to do's and you don't want to do yoga. You don't have time for that. You're like, I, I can do that next week. I can do that in a month. Oh my gosh. I don't even recognize myself because I haven't practiced in so long. And then you finally do. And it's like, Oh, I'm back. Why didn't I do that? <laughs> you know, it's like you never want to. So would you agree that yoga is part discipline then? Absolutely. I think that's <laughs> that's absolutely what it is. I, I one of my favorite books about yoga actually is called The Yoga of Discipline. Oh. And it's uh it to me the practice is that training to have discipline over your mind so that you can sit from behind it and training to have discipline over your breath so you can make sure you're staying grounded and discipline over your body to keep yourself moving and being mindful and not letting yourself fall into bad habits. It's it's all discipline to me. Yeah. So then that also is going to transfer to other 
components of your life because you're going to have discipline to do other things that maybe you don't want to do that are good for you as well, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that there are so many times that you're looking forward to doing it, especially when you have this really cool concept of the out there mm-hmm. yoga in your, in your company. Can you tell us a little bit more about what like an event would look like? Are they all different? What are the like levels that you have in your, in your classes? Yeah, they are definitely all different. And that's mostly because they're ever evolving. Uh, Like I said, I kind of started it very experimentally, just like, well, let's see. I like doing yoga (laughs) out in nature. Maybe some other people do. I just have to say that. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe other people want to do this with me. I'll just hike us out into the middle of nowhere. And it was, you know, it kind of blew my mind. The feedback. You took a risk. Yeah. Yeah. You took a huge risk and it's like paid off. It's not like I had to pay for the space or anything. It was kind of like, hey, everyone come on out. And yeah, Yeah, uh, it's still very cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun to see how many people had such great feedback. And I learned very early on that simple is better, that anytime I tried to overcomplicate it, it would just kind of get messy and people would be like, no, like I'm literally just here for yoga in the sunset. You know, it's like, (laughs) oh, perfect. I can do that. Um, So I guess the the basic event that I do most often, and I used to do it every month and I've kind of tailored that back partly due to the pandemic, partly just because I like the idea of these events being less often. So it's, it's a little more special mm-hmm. to people. Um, but yeah, just a, a location out in nature. Um, usually, I mean, it, it, I try to pick spots that I know aren't, uh, technically probably illegal to be there <laughs> without a permit, but, uh, we don't talk about that. Um, Scratch that. <laughs> um, but yeah, just a beautiful spot out in nature. And I just lead an hour yoga class at the same kind of way I would do in a studio. And, uh, I try to keep these classes a little more simple, a lot of instruction, but also a lot of quiet space inside the poses so people can just enjoy the environment where they are. I try to recognize the fact that just because I make it a point to get outside five days a week doesn't mean everyone else does. And so maybe <laughs> maybe this is the opportunity that they have that month to be out somewhere on this hike or in nature. And I, I try to let them enjoy that through the practice. Um, okay. So you have like, you don't have like music going or anything? Oh, I do. Yeah. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a huge music buff. <laughs> I, I tend to play music probably louder than I should in nature. I just upgraded <laughs> to this big speaker I wheel out there. So I, I love doing that. Uh, but it's it more of like, instead of me talking the whole time, I try because I talk a lot in my classes. I'm very technical. I, I love the innuendos of the poses and trying to give people as much instruction as possible. But I try to tailor that back a little bit when when I'm doing these events and just let people have a little bit more of the just basic going through the motions and just enjoying the environment. Um, but as these events have evolved, I, I do have an itch to kind of bring a little bit more. The last event at the Zipline um, felt really aligned with what I want to be offering more of in the future just because it was at this really cool location. There was like an, a before event where you could like Zipline before Very if you fun, wanted to. Very fun, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yes, definitely did that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then afterwards, you know, we had a beer sponsorship. So we had some beers around the campfire and just got to hang out and have some snacks. So that felt really fun. Yeah. Um, and I loved watching the community all chat afterwards and bond. And to me, that's kind of what it feels like it's all about. Uh, what are your like age groups? Do you have like certain anyone can join or? Yeah, um, anyone 18? 18 and over. Okay. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say no to somebody 16 and under if they were or 18 and under if they were maybe with their parents. Mm-hmm. 
all the legal th- you you learn when you're starting a business you're a total infant when it comes to anything legal and i've just been taking it one step at a time trying to figure out what the legalities of everything is um but yeah it's i would say the average person that comes is between college age and you know 35 okay mm-hmm. okay cool so um I've been to a couple of your events mm-hmm. and they're really fun. Um, though I'm trying to think of the which one I started with. It was last September and we were we weren't all the way up Mount Lemon, but it was a little bit right in the entrance. Yeah, I'm not gonna say where it was. It was just <laughs> somewhere that probably wasn't it wasn't probably illegal. We'll say that. I'm I'm allowed to be there. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, it was probably about five thousand feet that location. So you're not quite up in the pine trees, but you're you're still up away from the city heat and yeah. get some really nice mountain views. No, yeah, it was really cool because I've never done yoga outside. Like mm-hmm. it's like such a simple idea, and you wouldn't think about it. And I was like. Why didn't I do this before? <laughs> I also feel that that's like the place to do it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, like when I think of like peacefulness mm-hmm. of, of yoga, I think like it should be outside. Mm-hmm. You know, we all like the, everyone goes to like studios and stuff like that. Um, but I think outside is just such a cool idea. You know? Well, it, it definitely comes with its own. Uh, I've learned through the seasons as they change why this isn't a bigger thing than it is. I mean, there it's huge challenges that you come up against. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't just go to the thermostat and turn the AC mm-hmm. down. You can't turn the wind off when everyone's mats are blowing away. You know, there, <laughs> yeah. there's been some funny when the yeah. bugs are buzzing oh, around. People yeah, have like yeah. wasps Those landing the on them. You know, yeah. it's it's all kind of like I let people know at the very beginning, mm-hmm. like, hey, this is part of the challenge of the practice as things come up. Just you know, go with the flow. You got to just go with it. And what, what those challenges end up doing is really niching down the group of people that like to come Mm -hmm. to these events. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't just expect anyone that would go to a studio to be enjoying these kind of events. It kind of takes a special kind of person that's uh, a little more open-minded, a little more go with the flow. Mm -hmm. But because of that, it ends up making these connections and friendships that people make at these events so much more potent because it's a similar group of people. Yeah. And then when it works, you know, you have like, yeah, maybe you have the mats flying away and all of that. (laughs) But when it works and it's great and you're like breathing the fresh air, it works, right? Totally. When it works, it works. So totally. that's really cool. No, it works. I was there. <laughs> yeah. It's like every event, I just put it in my head, something funky. Whether one time it was the wasps, one time it was the wind, you know, it's it's always something. But once yeah. you realize what it is, like, there it is. All right, moving on. <laughs> the last one was really good, though. There was nothing wrong, I don't think. Like I've gotten really fond of private property. That, yeah. that property, um, my friend Emily owns that property. <sighs> and to be on private property where you know you're allowed to be there, yeah. they maintain the grounds, they can tell you what to expect, mm-hmm. and it, it just helps so much. It does slightly take away from the, we're out in the middle of nature and we hiked here. It's it's not, mm-hmm. it's a little less of that quote unquote magic, but it's so much more doable on the mm-hmm. planning end that I, I tend to be swaying more in that direction these days. Plus, you can add more events like how you did last time. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you can just, you know, ask them straight up like, hey, can we add this or bring other people in or? Totally. So that's really cool. Totally. Um, so you were kind of diving into the beginner aspect of how to own a business. And I know like it's only it's going to be like two years right now. But <laughs> what advice would you give someone that is trying to start something like this now? It doesn't have to be like outside yoga or anything, but right, like right. just in general. 
Yeah. I mean, I start by saying uh, I, I try to be super transparent about stuff <laughs> like this because I think it's, it, you know, owning a business is trending and being an entrepreneur is trending right now. And mm-hmm. it's it's uh, so glamorized because so many people are selling the idea of entrepreneurship. Right. So mm-hmm. it's all hyped up and it's all glamorized. Um, in no way is out there yoga my full-time job. I have a full-time job. And uh, when I entered into owning this business, I didn't have intentions of replacing my income, mm-hmm. which has given me the grace of taking it slow, doing it very organically, and not forcing anything that doesn't feel right. And mm-hmm. if someday it becomes my full-time job, heck yeah, I would welcome that with open arms. But it's yeah. it's going to be a long process. And so I just want people to know that Owning a business isn't about you wanting to have a business. So then poof, we create it. It's it's you seeing a, a, something in the world that you would like to help or fix or offer that you think would really benefit people or impact lives and um, sticking to that instead of having the mindset of, I want to be self-employed, so I want to make a business that feels good to me. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's so much more about how can I help people? What can I offer? is this a great idea with this impact people and then mm-hmm. kind of starting from there. So where do you see out there yoga in five years from now? It could go so many directions. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I definitely want to scale these events. I want to have them be a place where people can come together and feel like they have something to look forward to a big to do, and they're going to meet a bunch of great people and, I'm kind of a, for the last 10 years of my life, I've gone to so many different festivals and like yoga festivals, music festivals and stuff like that and tournaments for my Frisbee team. And I, I, I tend to be always around these big groups of people doing these fun things. You know, it's not a business conference. It's for fun. Mm -hmm. And I know how much that impacts my life. Like if I look at my calendar and I see, Ooh, in a few weeks I'm doing that. It Mm -hmm. just makes the, the world of difference, you know? And so being able to offer something like that in the yoga world for people locally is is really special to me. And I want these events to become more than just an hour-long yoga class. I want people to be able to be exposed to maybe different offerings they've never seen before. Like we've had, um, like I, I'm connected to some breath workers or some sound healers and maybe getting people there for the yoga and then maybe they get 15 minutes of this other thing they didn't even know existed and they're like, wow, or, you know, take it or leave it and then get to hang out with everyone afterwards around a fire and drink some local beer, eat some local (laughs) snacks. You know, I think that's so fun. Um, So I would like to be doing more of that and just scale these events slowly, bringing more and more people in. Um, I do have an itch to also do some traveling with it. Um, There's a couple Mm -hmm. cities and a couple venues in mind that, I think would be really cool to bring people yeah. to under the, these kind of circumstances. I have some friends doing some really cool things in other other cities. So um, just getting to kind of bring out their yoga to these new environments and get people to see some cool stuff would be really nice too. Yeah. yeah. So I know um, sometimes there's a little bit of a stigma on yoga because people are like intimidated to, you know, Try. Step, step in that world. Um, do you have any advice for those people? Yeah, uh, try a different teacher. <laughs> if you <laughs> if you go if you go to a yoga class if, if you if you're brave enough to go to a yoga class because I know it's huge. I mean it's it's mm-hmm. not easy to say I'm just going to go to a yoga class. I have no idea what I'm doing. 
Um, start on YouTube. I mean, mm-hmm. just get the basic, what's a down dog? What what does it mean when they say this? What can I kind of gen- generally expect? And then put yourself in the back of the class and know that nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody's looking at you. The teacher is the teacher's just so happy you're there. Yeah. They're not going to, you know, judge you in any way. They're just there to help. And if if you go to a class and you're like, that was really weird. I don't know if I can even vibe with that. Then go to a different teacher. Ask around. Ask some friends that you feel like you relate to which teachers they like or what what would they recommend. Or even you can ask the teacher, hey, I know it sounds like it would be awkward, but it's totally not. I've had people do this to me m- multiple times. Like, hey, this and this about this class was great, but I, I'm kind of looking for more of this. And I knew I know so many teachers in the community. I was able to point them in a direction. And, wow. you know, you're, you're just happy to help. You're not there to, like, collect students. You're there to, like, offer yoga. And if yeah. you're not yeah. the right fit for somebody, then you probably know somebody who is. So, yeah, um, just just keep shopping around, trying teachers. Classes here in Tucson are so cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, $5 drop in. You can't beat it. So just, you know, keep trying. And there's also yoga for like all kinds of different things, right? Mm-hmm. Yoga for stress relief, yoga for better sleep, you know, there's for anxiety. Um, is there a particular type that you like to practice for like a certain thing or like that you um, or personal practice? Yeah. yeah. Like what is what is your personal practice versus yeah. the practice you give others or? Um, so my personal practice has really shifted over the years. As I was going through my yoga teacher trainings, my, I did my first training, you know, four years ago, I think. Um, <clears throat> I started very, like I said, very interested in weightlifting, very interested in like, let's push, let's do all the extra push-ups. Let's really <laughs> yeah. see what we can do here. Like, I want to get strong. I want to get, you know, I want to be pressing into a handstand. And then, of course, as my practice got more consistent. And as I was more dedicated, I realized, whoa, there's so much more going on here. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming so much more mindful of my thoughts. I'm, I'm able to catch my ego when it's mm-hmm. all of a sudden controlling the show. I'm noticing that all of a sudden I just held my breath for 45 <laughs> seconds for no reason, you know, and, I do that and so yeah, all like, the time. Like, no wonder I'm mad. I haven't breathed. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's been such a progressive thing for me. And I, I just got so much more intrigued by what is actually going on on the inside as yeah. opposed to what can I accomplish on the outside. So these days, even if I don't practice the asana every day, sometimes I don't even practice every week. I mean, that's just the reality of it sometimes. But I will sit in meditation for at least 15 minutes every day. Oh. And so meditation is such a big part of my practice these days. And um, I, I try to take my my own teacher's advice when they say as a teacher, a yoga teacher, you're going to lose your practice because Mm -hmm. every time you're practicing, you're thinking, oh, I could teach it that way instead Mm -hmm. of just being so immersed in yourself or you're taking a class and saying, oh, they said it that way. Cool. And all of a sudden you did an hour class and you realize that wasn't for me at all, you know, but meditation is always for me and it's always a way for me to come back to myself and um, recalibrate in that way. Yeah, so that was actually the next question yeah. we were going to oh, ask. Nice. <laughs> if, if you have any meditative aspects of of your practice, which you do, um, is that something that you provide also, like a guided meditation for your your students? You know, it's it's weirdly not. I felt so. Um, I I did not have a meditation practice until the end of my five hundred hour training, which was, well, it, it was my five hundred hour, but it's a three hundred hour training. Um, which was what like two years ago, I think at this point. Wow. 
time flies. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So until the very end of that, I actually didn't even have a meditation practice and I felt a little shame around that. Mm-hmm. I felt weird that I was this yoga teacher for so many years and I, I didn't have a connection to the seated practice. But now that it's, it's, con- it's, it's the most impactful part of my practice. I do have that desire to maybe offer it to people. However, I don't have formal training in it and I don't have a lot of experience going to guided meditation classes myself. So that's kind of something out there on the horizon that I could Mm -hmm. see myself really getting passionate about. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not there yet. And that's okay. Honestly, like I feel the meditative practice is harder to get into Mm -hmm. for me too. I'm just like, what am I doing? For a lot of people, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's why it, it is so powerful mm-hmm. to have a meditation teacher. Mm-hmm. And I think they are kind of fewer and far between. Um, but I, I do have a I do have a, a strong desire to kind of dive into that. I've I've had my friends who offer meditation come to my events to kind of, you know, facilitate that part if I want a guided meditation. And I'm always so blown away with how potent that can be and how beautiful that is. And it's hard to imagine myself coming up with those words. I feel like I'm a little more, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm a little just more conversational than I am. I, I don't I don't have the floaty uh, yoga teacher voice by <laughs> any means. You know, you, know, if you walk into a class and no offense to anybody, I think it's beautiful, but you walk into a class and it's very, and you're putting your left hand behind. Uh, I, I can't do that. I'm like, that hand, which hand? Uh, you know what I mean. Put it behind your back. Like, yeah. That's just the, my yeah. style of teaching. It's a little more direct, a little more Technical, as you said before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's great. Um, I actually meditate. I don't, like I said, I don't practice yoga, which I I probably should. But I do do stretch. Oh, okay. Um, but I do meditate regularly every day um, for sleep because I don't sleep very much. It's, it's like what helps me relax and, and, and clear the day. We're going to take a very quick intermission and we'll be right back. And we're back. Thank you <laughs> for the break. Okay. So, um, yeah, I meditate because I don't sleep well and I actually didn't realize that I was meditating until like years later. I something that I just have done every, as, as long as I can remember where I just like, it's like progressive muscle relaxation. I relax my muscles and moving, move up my body. Um, and then when I, when I, I went to college and everything, and then I got a job and I, I was under a great provider actually. And she, um, also does hypnotherapy. We had her on the show and, um, she used to teach meditation also. So I was, then I learned through her to teach meditation, but, um, and, and I would, I would use like the, what I knew, that I like helped me relax and not without realizing that I was actually teaching meditation. And then she taught me a little bit more of like the formal way to do it. Um, but it definitely changes people's lives. Um, I worked with people that had um, chronic pain. So that would, that's pain that like lasts for more than 30, more than, than three months without subsiding. Um, and uh, people <laughs> that were able to practice and maintain the consistency of the meditation actually felt great relief. So it's just, it's a powerful thing. And like, I really, you know, absolutely hundred percent believe in it. Um, and I think it's also important to, to bring awareness that you can do something besides like, you know, taking medication or, mm-hmm. or doing other things. You can do something where you come to yourself. And, and when you said the thing, um, I'm going to kind of backtrack here, but when you said the thing about how like, you when you're practicing your yoga that you are like your like real self 
that that one where you remove the layers or every it was so eloquently said but when how you said that i thought that is exactly how it feels when you get that like sense of relief from meditation and like you feel like you have removed barriers from like the day and your mind has cleared mm. you know mm -hmm. um and i know also that that is how like some of the patients that i had would feel once they can get to that point where they can kind of th not think about their pain. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. I'm going to shed a tear over here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really inspirational. <laughs> it like, brings me back to yeah. seeing that and, it, and it's, it's a powerful thing. And I think, I think more people need to do it. I think we need yeah. to teach things like this in like school, like for mm -hmm. coping with stress and anxiety, because so many people now have, you know, anxiety and, and, and stressors in their life. And they, they, they don't have as many coping skills as well i guess i don't know i was going to say as before but there are there are limited coping skills and this is a tool that can be used totally i think um our brain is this insane instrument that is so powerful and we're so capable of in, in, in insane things but we're not taught how to use our brain and we're not taught how to catch it when it's being derailed and we're not we're not we're just not educated in that way and it, it's a real shame because i i often think like what kind of things what kind of distress and pain and just heartache would i have avoided my entire adolescent life if i had known some of these tools and these um yes. just mm -hmm. the philosophy and and not even just philosophy but just the way my brain works and to know when certain things are happening why it's happening and how to not get so wrapped up in it you know it's it's so much about the identity i think being able to find that place inside of yourself that's still and has really no emotion it's just pure love pure bliss that's how i feel anyway it, it's behind the thoughts it's behind the pain it's behind anything that's going on in the outward world it's 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 deep in there somewhere and if you can learn to identify with that piece of yourself then everything else is so much less stressful because you know that's all outside of you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm like letting go of some trauma mm -hmm. that you just kind of don't want to face, face yeah, with, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So adding on to um, kind of like drawing your inspiration, like whenever you go through the certification process, um, you don't just have to have like one mentor or anything like that. But can you tell us about maybe a favorite mentor of yours? You don't have a name name them or anything but can you tell us why they were a favorite what 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 drew you to them and what did you draw from them wow yeah i mean when you <laughs> when you go through your yoga trainings it, you just meet the most incredible people that have just i mean I, I look up to all of my teachers so tremendously i i can't even fathom the kind of work they've put in to be where they're at in terms of their practice and their business and everything um I guess I have I have two mentors that usually come to mind when I hear this, and it's because one of them is one of my yoga mentors, and one's more of like a business mentor. Um, the yoga one being I shout her name loud and proud. Annie Smith is just one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. She's such a fantastic yoga teacher, and being a yoga teacher, you know that to get better at teaching, that takes so much work on the inside. It's not just learning to say how to do a pose. It's it's just so much personal work and discipline. And yeah, I, I look up to her so much and I, I strive to teach more like her as much as possible. Um, another one is one of my very best friends, Mariah Grimes. She is uh, 
she is somebody who kind of showed me the world of what is possible. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I never even considered some of the things that I considered. I would have never ever launched out their yoga if it wasn't for her. I mean, I was seeing her do these things and taking these chances and just putting herself out there in ways I'd never seen a peer do in my life. Mm -hmm. And as I was scared and as I wanted to take steps, she was right there rooting me along the way and giving me advice. And um, I still, again, she's one of my very best friends, but I also go to her for advice all the time. So do you, um, do you draw inspiration from them as well? Or do you draw inspiration from things that you research yourself or where, where does it all come from? Like, you know, even when you do lay out a practice for your students during the class and stuff like that, or, or I mean, or even the little passages that you sometimes say, cause I know, <laughs> I know you say some passages, uh, during your events as well. Cool. I'm probably, I'm probably unaware of it. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I always teach a class and at the end I'm like, what happened? <laughs> what just happened? Like I just blacked out the entire thing. It's, it's such a mode you get into as a teacher. You got to kind of fully embody it, yeah. which is, which is honestly partly why I stopped wanting to teach full time. Like I, I, it was never a desire for me to teach all week, every week, because mm -hmm. it's, it's a state of mind. I'm not, I, I'm personally not capable of harnessing all that often. It takes a lot for me. Um, inspiration though, I am a huge music person. I mean, I, I draw inspiration for my classes when I'm driving in my car, listening to music. Oh, I mean, nice. I can picture moments in the class where certain sounds are happening and that it, it, I just connect so much to music. And anyone that goes to my classes, I kind of at this point unapologetically just bump beats the whole time. And <laughs> I'm just like, you're in it. We're going for this. Um, and, uh, if, if people don't like it, you know, they, they don't yeah. have to come. It's, it's what I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, and, but music, uh, traveling, nature, uh, definitely nature, the state of mind I get when I'm out camping or backpacking for multiple days, yeah. it, it, it shows me kind of where I want to be and what state I want my students to be able to achieve. And then just interactions with people. I mean, I, I, I feel so blessed. I have so many really rad people in my life and I feel like I'm just constantly with my closest friends and my peers. I'm just blown away with some of the clever things they say. And I'm like, man, I, I want to say that. Like, or, you know, like, <laughs> wow, they made me laugh in this way. I didn't even realize that was a way of, you know, harnessing humor. And yeah, I, I just, I try to take inspiration from everything around me that, that makes me laugh, smile, like groove my body, you know, like, ah, <laughs> oh, where's that coming from? How do I incorporate that? Yeah. You know? So, so tell us what is, um, your like go-to song right now? Like what are, what are you feeling? Like, oh, when you for go, what? If you, so like, <laughs> like if you're going to go for a ride in your car, let's say um, okay, right now, when you leave, like what would be the best song uh, for this moment? Um, I'm going to listen to yeah, Well, you know, I listen to a lot of uh, like dance music. I, I just am so into anything beat driven. Uh, the record label Anjuna Beats is just top for me. I think they just own the scene. They have this groove driven trancey music that just, you know, oh, it cool. always bumps. People love it. It's a little too upbeat to put in my classes. I mean, I kind of have this idea of someday having this tent and just blast in house music while I teach. It's going to it's going to be such a niche group of people that show up, but yeah. it's going to be awesome. That but sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of my classes, I mean, you can always find an Emancipator song in my playlist. You, you can find some, you know, like Latrell or just Deeper House in my playlist. Um, okay. I've experimented with like uh some old school hip hop but without the rap yeah okay. i mean without the rap i i find some like dr j beats and just throw that in there a little bit um so it, it's all over you know oh, wow it's, yeah. it, 
That is, that is kind of all I over. I must have missed that event. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Okay, tell us, um, we got a couple of other questions here. Um, tell us, what is your why? What is your, like, your why? And not necessarily only for, like, like your business, but your why for doing what you do. Um. I never know. I mean, I feel like there's always a different answer for this. It just depends how I wake <laughs> up that day. Your why but, uh, today could be different than your why tomorrow, but totally. I think just going really broad <laughs> spectrum here. It's I love it. I grew up so dramatic. You know, I was I was a very anxious kid growing mm. up, almost borderline depressed. I mean, there was nothing wrong in my life. I was mm. very privileged, but I was just always struggling with my mind. I always struggled with how to navigate my mental space and how to not be a victim of my emotions and mm. a victim of change and anxiety. And you're a creative. Yeah, mm -hmm. it That's was all, it was all over the place. And I, I really struggled with the yeah. idea of change and I struggled I with making friends and yeah, it was crazy. So I had a lot of heartache really young and I, everything was dramatic. I'd blow everything up. And as I got older, I learned things that helped so much, like mm -hmm. the yoga practice, meditation, like changing my nutrition up, just little things in my life that I was like, what if I knew that earlier? Mm -hmm. Like, how crazy is it that these little things changed my life so dramatically? And in this world that's so overly medicated, our problems are just, I mean, I'm not going to say people don't have real problems, but mm -hmm. so many of what we consider problems just could be so easily fixed if we just made some lifestyle choices and stopped overcomplicating it. We mm -hmm. just went back to basics and by finding things that really relieved my pain and my suffering and enhanced my life for the better, made me more mindful, made me more confident, made me more willing to take chances and just live, you know, a life to my fullest potential. I want other people to be able to do that. And if that means I just learned how to teach an hour-long yoga class and slowly the, the practice does its work and they find their own path, great. If it's if it's just by, you know, getting people out in nature more, great. If it's just by being a good friend and showing up in person and being somebody people can rely on, awesome. I just I want people to be able to live more fully embodied in themselves and you know, it's what is that Marianne Williams quote? It's like you're by being yourself and by being so fully embodied, you're liberating other people and allowing mm -hmm. them to be more themselves too. Mm -hmm. yeah, I like that. Yeah. She says it better than me. I don't know. Yeah. She says it. <laughs> Yo, that's the gist. <laughs> the gist. <laughs> uh, going off of that, I guess we'll ask this other question real quick. Uh, do you have any favorite quotes or passages that you could share right now for any of your students right now or just anyone listening? Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a super avid reader, and I don't I read a lot of philosophy, so I feel like I'm just, you know, I feel like a fortune cookie a lot of the time. I'm just always reciting quotes, and then of course when you get asked, you, you can make your own for out there. <laughs> you just never get a fortune them. cookie. <laughs> like if you follow me on Instagram, I literally post a quote every I day. Like, really like that idea. I know, um, five percent commission. <laughs> But uh, I I always come back to this same quote that my I learned in my first teacher training. Um, my teacher's teacher, Darren Rhodes' teacher, I believe his, mm. his name was Lee Loswick. Um, he said, you don't need your practice. Not at all. But when you need your practice, you better hope you've been practicing. Oof. And I loved oh, wow. that because it's kind of like what we were saying back in the beginning. Like you don't feel like practicing mm -hmm. whatever your practice is, whether you're an avid runner or, you know, it's your nutrition practice or whatever it is. 
it's like you feel like when you're at your best, you don't need it. And that's when you forget about it. But then in moments like that where life gets really hard or dramatic or you're just overwhelmed, you hope that you've been practicing so that those discipline muscles are flexed and, and strong and ready and that your your gratitude muscle is strong and ready and everything is supporting you to get you through that hard piece that way you're back to a place where you no longer actually need to practice, mm. but you keep doing whatever it is that you do so that when life lulls, because it will, it always will, you're, mm. you're prepared for it. Very cool. Wow. Who was that? Who, who said that? I believe it's Lee Loswick. I hope Loswick. I'm not saying that incorrectly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. That's the who gist. Said it. No, just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, this is kind of going along that line too, but this is also a question that we ask everybody on the show. Um, what was the last book or movie that you read that made an impact on you and why? I'm like one of those. I read like three books at a time. I know, um, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, today, I, yeah, there you go. I do the That's same how thing. we get along. Um, <laughs> our, the, the book I just finished this morning was I, I finally read The Alchemist and I thought it was going to be oh, so overwhelming. I just read that one too. Yeah, nice. So many people have mm -hmm. said that. Um, but actually the book that I read before that impacted me so hard it was called born to run have you ever heard of it no, i don't think so. it's uh it's Sounds about familiar. ultra yeah it's about ultra marathon running yes. which is like so much more crazy than you think oh it my is God. like these people run for oh over God. 24 hours it's <laughs> incredible then they like sleep in a little tiny tent and then they get up and run again for or maybe another. not even in a tent they might lean against a tree for yeah. five minutes and nap like it it's is insane yeah it really is and so this book um it talked a lot about this these people down in mexico who were called the running people and they they just had such little traces of disease and cancer and health issues and yet you know, they didn't have modern medicine or anything like that. They just pretty much ran barefoot mm -hmm. and they had like 65 year old people doing these ultra marathons and, and they seemed to not really be aging. It was just insane. And what, what this book kind of like I was breaking, it was amazing. I mean, what this book was really breaking it down to was that we're so equipped with our natural being. I mean, obviously those born with issues is, is like a whole anomaly, but our bodies are so naturally equipped to give us everything we need and our lifestyles just don't promote that healthy mindset, that healthy body. And these people were running all day, every day, you know, like our, our ancestry, depending on, you know, what you believe or where we come from, it's, we were, we were, uh, endurance hunters for mm -hmm. so long. And so we were chasing down game for hours and hours and hours that were, our bodies were just meant to be moving and uh, it even talked about how modern shoes like mm -hmm. disrupt your feet and it disrupts the whole way you move. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was just being a yoga instructor and being so in, you know, entranced by the body and how it works and trying to always break it back down to basics. I just thought that book was absolutely inspirational and, you know, it makes me want to run a lot more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has to do a lot with their mindset down there, too, then, right? So mindset could probably heal you a little bit if they're living that mm -hmm. long without any problems. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, they, they seem to be really happy people. And what's yeah. funny is they were talking about, like, they get super drunk on beer every night and it just doesn't <laughs> seem to impact them that much. Oh, my goodness. Eating rice and corn and beans oh and alcohol gosh. and running yeah. a lot. Sounds yeah. like my wow. diet. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, uh, that's actually me. Uh, I just ate some beans, like, for real, though, actually. <laughs> oh, so, um, you have an event coming up. I do. 
Can you share those details? <laughs> the first one in a while. I actually. Um, oh, I yeah. I look at a calendar to make sure. I keep saying the wrong date. Wait, wait. You got to tell us about your Columbia trip. Oh, okay. Let's go Columbia really quick because <laughs> that was probably the most wild thing I've ever oh. done in my life. Um, so Ooh. the I've never really traveled outside the country. I've been to Europe yeah. once. Um, this was uh, a, a big jump, but uh, I, after a year of, you know, being out of work because of COVID and then um, I went through a really dramatic breakup and my life just shifted so dramatically mm -hmm. in a year that I, I was at this point where I need something, you know, yeah. I hadn't been practicing. So I needed something <laughs> that was going to like uh, really just jolt me and get me out mm. of this issue I had like such a small little world that I was living in with all my problems and I just wanted my world to be expanded and to get a better perspective and my friend Nicolette um she is um working with this group called the Guardian Medicines and they go to Columbia and they do these service projects and you get to integrate with these indigenous people and we planted like 500 fruit trees in these areas where these people had bad nutrition because they were up in the mountains and didn't have access to produce and then we built these composting toilets up in this indigenous village so the people could stop contaminating the water for everyone downstream i mean it oh was my goodness it was, it was crazy i mean i i i feel like at this point i've told so many people about it i just kind of graze over it but it's like that that was absolutely insane it was awesome we were backpacking in the jungle for two and a half weeks and yeah i've never done anything like it it was amazing That's really <laughs> it was hard cool. to come home that's really cool yeah wow. um highly recommend it they're i'm just like how do we know yeah, yeah they're gonna be Jackie, doing more <laughs> they're gonna be doing more i highly recommend it well let us let us know keep us keep us in mind yeah we'll yeah. do um yeah I'd love to do something so like that. how was the food the food was <laughs> great um i'm i like like sonora mexican food like Ooh, with all yeah. the spices and beans and I found Colombian food to be a little more bland, but um, I love plantains, so we got a lot of plantains. And I think some of my my more favorite food that I had down there was like the Thai food we'd have or something Whoa. like that. Yeah, like we'd go to a Thai food restaurant. I, well, maybe you had to go some <laughs> other places because, you know, they do have. So like my family's from Panama, which nice. is right next mm -hmm. to Colombia. So I've had plenty of Colombian food and and it's pretty good. It just depends on where you get it. What area yeah uh, you know well i was told that if we went to like the capital city yeah. bogota that it'd be better yeah. we were in uh oh my we god we're in the jungle we, well and we were the city we were in when we went to the city was santa marta mm. which was gorgeous oh. i mean that was probably the coolest city i've ever been to i'm just one of the oldest cities in south america if not the oldest and street art everywhere just right on the coast caribbean culture i mean mm. i felt in yeah. love with that city um like i said i liked the thai food so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway thai food. so tell us about your event yeah. tell us your event. Um, so this event's really simple. I because it's the first one um, in a while. I because you know monsoons, you can't practice yoga when it's hailing down yeah. rain. Um, I wanted to make this one really just tailored back, back to basics, like very similar to how the events used to be. So um, it's going to be nothing fancy. It's just going to be up on Mount Lemon. We don't need to say where, and uh, <laughs> I'll let you know if you sign up. Um, but it's going to be under the pine trees in this really beautiful spot that I like to go to, uh -huh. and just me, my boombox, um, potentially another offering. I haven't, I haven't figured out if I'm going to have somebody else there or not. But an hour long class, some time to hang out afterwards. 
I always have a photographer, so um, no need to have your phones out or anything. You just sit back, relax, know somebody's documenting it for you and just enjoy the yoga. And uh, it's on the 29th, so it's going to oh, be in okay. the afternoon this month. Sounds yeah. awesome. I think my sister will be in town that day. I nice. wonder, l- let me know. Well, I'll keep in touch and we'll see because yeah. maybe I could bring her to it. Oh, that'd like, be cool. Absolutely. Both are welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, you've done great. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, um, thanks do you for have having any me. more questions? Or? No, just I'm so grateful that you took the time to come interview. Um, yeah. You know, it helps us because we love interviewing people throughout the community. And your interview was... Oh, oh good. gosh. Oh, good. Great <laughs> Some job. good stuff in there. Some yeah. Good, We're going to have all of your information, like your, your um, social media and everything, in our description awesome um it'll be on spotify and we have our um instagram up um hey i forgot about that (laughs) we will tag you we will tag you on there also when we when we post it um and yeah we're so thankful for you to be here on our show we really appreciate it we had a great time i had a great time um any last words yes yeah, no, I just, I think you, what you guys are doing is pretty cool. And oh, I know when you were you. talking about it at the last event that it sounded really great. So I was happy to come on. I'm very thankful you guys had me on. And uh, yeah, you know, just whatever your thing is, whatever keeps you grounded, whatever keeps you, you know, tied to that piece of yourself that's that feels most at home, just make sure you keep doing that. And it <laughs> yeah. all, it makes everything else a lot better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. On that note, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.